Checking my, uh, it's not a laminated, it's not a laminated schedule card that they have here. It's just a, uh, what was this called? A, uh, hard tack. Yeah. It's good stuff that they used to eat during the that Civil I, that War. They, that they print out to start the season. And then I would, uh, I would change game times if need be. I can't, I just keep checking this one, make sure it's not refreshed. Noon. 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 Not like my laminated lineup for the That's Royals right. of 2021. Yes. This one allows for some changes a yeah. noon kickoff on sunday chiefs at the texans that means our uh, pregame coverage gets started at nine on 106.5 the wolf and right here on 610 sports radio mitch holtis voice of the chiefs joining us and i'm sure mitch uh you have some nuggets involving the texans we probably haven't thought about just yet this week oh yeah there's a few of with these guys but uh thanks for uh, tech nine to get us going this morning you know i was at st joe tech nine just kicked off this whole season with our little red rally in St. Joseph when we got, got things started. But I remember Bill Snyder, who was also there, the pride of St. Joseph, whispering in my ear, who is this guy? And I got uh, like three-time Grammy Award winner, Coach, uh, Tech Nine. But anyway, thanks. And congratulations to you, Kling. Uh, how about it, Bob? You got an award last night. I know we, we, we talked about it at, at six fifteen this morning, Mitch, how he was named the employee of the quarter. Oh, for I'm in the Odyssey. parking spot today, Mitch. I parked in that parking and, spot. And he is in your Darn spot straight. now, Mitch, because I know you had to acquiesce and give up, give up that spot since you won it last quarter. But I mean, I, I said to this, to Josh, I said, sometimes you guys land at three 30. He's in here doing the show. He has not missed a minute of the show. And I said, I can't say the same for Mitch. He's never in here at three 30 in the morning after a landing. <laughs> doing a now. show. Now. Easy now. You got that right, but I'm not there. I'm someplace else at, uh, yeah. shortly thereafter. Yeah. But I loved, I loved Josh's response of like, oh, that's not so bad. Don't tell me, oh, that's not so bad. What time did you get in after Sunday night football on the East Coast? or what? Uh, It was like 5.30 when I finally got home. And I, oh, that's not so bad. Like, what? Yeah. You know, is this night or is this day? I, that's I, okay. It's what we signed up for. But everybody that watches the game and then shuts it off and goes to bed at 10, like, right. oh, yeah, I watched the whole game. What have you guys been doing? Well, I don't know. Getting back here. Getting back. <laughs> it, it, but, Mitch, it's uncanny. I don't know if people, when you're out and about, ask about your travel stuff. I get asked about Josh's travel at least once a week. Well, you're his traveling secretary like the old baseball team, so that's yep. why. We that's, teleport. Uh, you, have, that's all. you have to account for every second of his day. The other impressive thing last night, Bob, was the fact that Kling could karaoke every uh, genre of every Odyssey cluster station, meaning The Rock, he could bust out Metallica, you know, The Wolf, he's singing Stand By Your Man, Uh, your format, he's talking sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was... It was just what a karaoke all-star that Josh Klingler is. He, you don't know the hidden talents, Mitch. And, and he told me this, and I'm not supposed to tell you, but he wants to sing on Saturday down on the field. He's got a song in mind. I'm going to play you the song that he wants to sing, okay? Okay. All right, go here we go. It. Josh is going to sing this on Sunday. Texans love the game of football. <laughs> No, I don't. Down here, the game is words to this, but and it's wrong. I won't be singing along. I just hope they play it. And enjoy the game, Texas style. We are the Texans, the Houston Texans, big Texas skies, big. Texans. 
Texas pride. Go Texans. Go well, exactly. Tech, tech nine down there in Houston. Their uh, their fight songs are a little it's, bit different uh, than, than Tech Nine. Yeah, we need. Tech Nine listens to this segment every time on every Friday. He's just it's SMH. He's shaking my head. Yeah, he, he no, he is. Yeah, like, what is that? You can't Ironically, do that. Bill Snyder loves bring this up, song. It, up, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, does bring up a uh, you know a, a discussion about stupid songs or sayings in the NFL because we've got. You know, the old Houston Oilers song, which if you play it, will be in your head the rest of the day. But the Miami Dolphins played the same song like, well, who came up with this first? And you know this, Josh, after being tormented in Cincinnati with who day or who day. That's so annoying. It's the Saints. What's who day with the Bengals? Like, does that that tie into the Ohio River? Yeah, that's the Kentucky side. Or who day. Yeah. I guess it's Kentucky-ish, but. It's plagiarism. What do we have here? You'd get you'd get kicked out of school or an F on your report card for that. Right, yeah, who day versus who dat. So, all right, so the Texans. I mean, like, but do they have anybody that's dangerous on this team that we got to be like, all right, let's make sure we account for that guy? You know, the name I keep hearing from our coaches, and I've heard it from two or three different coaches, is Malik Collins, who played at Center High School here in Kansas City. He's a yellow jacket. And when he was in high school, he was a menace in wrestling. He was 48-0 as a wrestler at Center High School. Wow. And then he went to Nebraska, had a good career at Nebraska. But he has not flourished in the NFL. He's, you know, he's bounced a couple teams. But he is flourishing now. And he's, he's in Dominican Sioux-ish uh, in the middle. Can be kind of a Chris Jones. You know, he was Dallas for a while. He had the one year with the uh, uh, Raiders. And he survived that. But Malik Collins is one. Okoronkwe, the Oklahoma edge rusher, is another. He's the one that got to Dak Prescott that forced the interception by former Chief Tremont Smith that should have led to the Texan victory last week over the Cowboys. But other than Malik Collins, the guy that I'm concerned about is safety Jalen Petrie. Um, K-State and KU fans may remember him from Baylor. I think he's an emerging star. I think he's a Derwin James Jr. type wow. safety. And you've got to account for him. He's going to try to hit you in the next week. He's going to try to intercept every pass, and they move him around. Those three defenders they got there, and you throw in Jerry Hughes, are legit. And here's your nugget here, Kling. Their pressure rate, the Houston Texans, the lowly 111-1 Houston Texans, pressure rate, is third in this league, only behind the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. That will get your attention. Staying in it defensively, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the name of the game, too. If you can try to keep the Chiefs in check uh, defensively, they can try to hang in a ball game, much like they did last week with the, the Cowboys offense, right? Yeah, and even more than that, I think, Kling, they can make explosive defensive plays. They did against the Cowboys. Pass rush, knock the ball out, tip the pass, intercept the pass, uh, not only steal a possession, they can. They, they had that game. If the Texans didn't lose Damian Pierce and had to rely on Rex Burkhead at the goal line, I think they'd beat the Cowboys, and that would have just you know, like sent the universe into a spin. But there's, there's stuff to worry about with these guys. You cannot sleepwalk on the Texans, at least their defense. They've been playing coy at the uh, the quarterback position as well. I don't know if it's a two-headed or three-headed monster or all of them. Um, th- there's difficulty in the in the unknown when you're prepping for who knows who's under center. 
Well, it's, I mean, Sean Payton started this several years ago when he had Drew Brees, but then he would bring in Taysom Hill. And then he had to do it because he didn't have Drew Brees anymore and he needed, you know, some kind of spark. But you're going to get both of these guys. Here's another nugget for you. These two guys, and I think it'll be a two-headed monster. I don't think Kyle Allen's going to enter this picture. But Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll played precisely the same number of snaps last week. Driscoll played 32 snaps. Mills played 32 snaps. And if you're going to have a two-headed monster, yeah, split that baby to deal with both. The thing about Driscoll is he's not a bad thrower. I was talking to uh, Spags yesterday about it. It's not like he's just a runner running wildcat power plays. He can also throw the ball, and that poses that poses a problem. I mean, it's Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. It's not exactly like we're talking about a two-headed monster with people we know. Like, does it really matter who plays quarterback with those two? <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're dangerous on the defensive side. If they don't have Damian Pierce, which they're not going to have him, yeah. I don't know if they're going to have Brandon Cooks either, their best wide receiver. There's, I don't know how they get a whole lot done on offense. Now, Chris Moore had a good game last week against the Cowboys, 124 yards receiving. But it's very similar to what we have seen with the, with the uh, Broncos. It's just all their juice right now that they've got is on the defensive side. I, here's another nugget on their defense. I know we're talking offense, but, guys, they're number one in the NFL in red zone third down defense. They're seventh in the red zone. A 111-1 team is top seven in the red zone. That usually doesn't equate. But then you, back to Bob's point on the offense, you just look it up in the sunlight and you don't see a whole lot. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. I mean, you know, when we talk about the Jets, let's say, and, and how great their defense is, and and the question is who's playing quarterback, and and that that's still in the NFL, man. If you don't have that rock star at quarterback, you can have all these other positions filled, but if you don't have the right guy under center, you're not giving yourself a chance. And I think too, the other side is, and 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 I don't want this to be misunderstood. Where is your power? It used to be if your power was on defense, you could win a championship. Now, maybe the Rams did that last year because they were stellar defensively, but they weren't bad on offense. You had Cooper Cup uh, on the offensive side. But if you're, all your juice is on defense, it's hard to win games right now in the NFL. Uh, just look what happened. I mean, the examples are these guys in Denver. But uh, – yeah, I mean, you're right right on. But if your juice, most of your juice is on offense, the way the Chiefs do it, and then be good enough, be, mm-hmm. be good enough on defense, that's the formula of most of the teams near the top. Uh, Bills are that way. Uh, Bengals are that way. Uh, so, yeah, but I guess this is the way the Texans are starting. They're very young. You can see some things that they're snapping and piecing together. And I think they finally got their organization figured out where they can do some long-term planning. But, yeah, I mean, this isn't even – you're not even failing, facing, you know, Lawrence here uh, like you're facing with the Jags. And, and no disrespect to Davis Mills or Jeff Driscoll, but, yeah, we all know. Oh, phew, I thought – Trevor Lawrence. I thought like, <laughs> Lawrence High. I was like, wow. Uh, Mitchell, this voice of the Chiefs. Uh, oh, I met Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, yes. Uh, four games to go. Jesse what's Lawrence. your What's your, uh, your kind of checklist for, for things to get done here over the next uh, four weeks heading towards the postseason? Well, I think there's two major ones, and these aren't these aren't earth-shattering news. 
that giveaway takeaway at minus five also does not equate to a 10-3 and three record. It just tells you what the Chiefs have done and, and the superb coaching of Andy Reid and this approach. But here are two teams, the Houston Texans and the Chiefs, that are both minus five. I mean, you're looking at you know, the Texans. That's the other thing they've done is they take the ball away. they got 17 takeaways. That's top 10 in the league. But they have 22 giveaways. The Texans have the most interceptions in the league with 16, and they've given the ball away 22 times. But the Chiefs are also minus five. You have a 111 and one team and a 10 and three team that are both minus five going into Week 15. You would love to see the minus five get to zero, get to equilibrium uh, by the time the playoffs start. The other one would be on the defensive side. It's again, it's not rocket science and talk to Spags and the defensive guys about it. It's red zone defense. You gotta if when you get in the red zone, hold them to threes or takeaways. What are the uh, underrated stats of last year was the Chiefs were number one in the league with four red zone takeaways. Now they've had some this year. Think of San Francisco yep. uh, and Joshua Williams' pick or Jalen Watson's 99-yard pick, uh, pick six mm-hmm. against the Chargers in week two. But other than that, teams are getting sevens. You've got to limit them to threes uh, from here on. That And that needs to be like goal number one. But those two areas, offensively, defensively, the whole team, because special teams has had turnovers – the giveaway, takeaway, get to zero by the time the playoffs start and then improve the red zone defense, at least get out of last in the league. And, and one thing that I want to see, Mitch, is is CEH and McColl getting kind of back into the flow of things because the dirty little secret yeah. is those two are studs in the red zone. Yep, and I think that uh, that's going to that's gonna happen. Uh, Kadarius Tony is going to start to get his, you know, go back into the waiting pool this week, but McColl is – Man, if I had to guess, it would be next week. But you're right. You, because the red zone is stretching, you've got to attack them horizontally, as well as there's vertically, too, but you just don't have much vertical. I mean, it's arena football when you get down there. But the Chiefs were so good at attacking teams horizontally when everybody was up and healthy with CEH and McColl that it was it was awesome. But, yeah, you'd love to get that back and up fired up by the time the playoffs start. And then get that one seed. I just think this year more than ever because of where the AFC is at. And you got to be prepared not to get it right. You can't sit there and say these things and then you're not the one seed. And you're, I guess that's it. You can't zero in. The one seed is going to be so vital because that if the chalk holds and you've got a 2-3 game, look who the 2-3 game is going to be. You're going to have two AFC championship games this year. You're going to have that divisional playoff 2-3 matchup between somebody and then the, the real AFC championship. So this weekend, I, I guess from that being said, you're rooting for the Dolphins to beat Buffalo to kind of knock them off that one seed. But I don't want to see Miami in the playoffs. I don't want to see the Chargers in the playoffs. So I'm like, I'm torn the, here. You want to see the Bengals? Either? I don't, I don't yeah. want to see the Bengals in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, like, are we really rooting for Buffalo to, uh, to beat Miami to knock them out of the playoffs? Or are we rooting for Miami to knock Buffalo off of that one seed? What you're seeing is you really want to figure out a way to get Denver and the Texans in the playoffs. Exactly, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let me think. Uh, let, me, let me look at the scenarios. No, I don't no. think it's going to be there. Hmm. Um, I, I don't really care. I mean, you, I don't know how that's going to shake up. The AFC's tough, and we know that that tournament's going to be tough. I mean, New England maybe can grease in there in the seven and knock one of those teams you don't want to play out. Maybe you want to play New England better. I don't know. 
it's just the one seed to get rest for this team. Uh, I think would be imperative. And then you're going to get a week to watch everybody slug it out. It's like the NCAA tournament when you win the 11 o'clock game on Thursday. Yeah. And you're watching everybody else just have have at it because we won't play until what Saturday. And half the half the field gets eliminated while you're just watching, and you've already won your game. Well, if the Chiefs can get to that by that and the rest factor, I think especially for Kelsey, uh, would be awesome if the Chiefs can get the one. Mitch, we'll see you on. Well, I'll see you on Saturday, but everybody else will hear you on Sunday. Let's go get that uh, that division uh, title wrapped up. And Bob, yes, just a tip off to all of your listeners on the text line. Don't say to Clank, oh. <laughs> It's not, that's not that bad. That's right. You'll set him off. You'll set him off. Yeah. He'll fly out of the, he'll come right after you like Chris Jones, man. If we're on time Sunday, it won't be that bad. It so won't be. Let's, let's hope for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Time to get home. Six. What time do you have to be on the air? Six fifteen. Yeah. Oh, that's not that bad. It's you not too time bad. to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. All right, boys. That's Mitchell, this voice of the Chiefs. A noon kickoff on Sunday on 106.5. The Wolf pregame coverage gets underway at 9. Uh, Mitch Holtis, Dean and Hughes, myself on the call. Uh, Dan Israel, Brad Porter, and company as we get uh, set for Chiefs and Texans coming up on, uh, on Sunday.